Welcome back to Heroes of the Faith, a show where we are inspired by the lives of the saints so that we can become saints ourselves. I'm your host, Isaac Longworth. Today's saint is named Saint Edith Stein. Edith Stein is a German saint who also happened to be a brilliant philosopher. In fact, the very first time I heard about her was when I was in university. I was taking a philosophy course and I was actually reading through and studying her work as part of the class. Now, I did not understand a lot of what she was talking about. She is way smarter than I will ever be, and so I won't be able to give you a crash course on her philosophy today, unfortunately, but that's probably not why you tuned in in the first place. What I can do is talk about the life of this amazing saint so that we can be inspired by her to become saints ourselves. Now, Edith was born in the year 1891 in the city of Breslau. Now, Breslau at the time was a German city, but today it's located in modern-day Poland. And she was born to a large Jewish family. She was the youngest of 11 children. But unfortunately, when she was only two years old, her father died. It was a very tragic day for the Stein family. And Edith's devout Jewish mother had to spend a lot of her time outside of the home, working to keep up the family business. The Steins were lumber merchants. And so, for the most part, growing up, Edith was raised by her oldest sister, who acted kind of like the mother of the home while Mrs. Stein was out taking care of the family business. Now, Edith as a child was extremely smart. She was very funny, uh, very witty, and she was quickly recognized by her teachers as being top of the class. Edith loved learning in school. She loved learning outside of school. In fact, she would spend a lot of her spare time tucked away in some corner reading. She loved to read and learn about all these different kinds of things. One thing Edith didn't like was being labeled the smart one. She didn't like that title. She didn't like the persona that she thought had to go with it. And so as she grew older, she gradually became more quiet, more introverted, trying to hide her brilliance, but that didn't stop her from continuing to excel in school. Now, when she was only 13, Edith began to grow through a faith crisis. She actually stopped believing in God, even though she was raised in a very devout Jewish family. She later wrote about this time in her childhood. She said, I consciously decided of my own volition to give up praying. She stopped believing in God. But of course, she didn't want to tell her religious family, especially her mother. She didn't want to hurt them. And so she continued to practice Judaism with them for show. She continued to go to synagogue with them and keep up the appearance of a Jewish life. But inwardly, she no longer believed in God and considered herself an atheist, even from her early teenage years. But Edith had a deep desire to learn the truth about life. She wanted answers to the deep questions of life. What was the meaning of life? What was she there for? What is truth? And so she thought that she would get answers to those questions at university. And so she set off to university to study with a particular interest in psychology and human experience. She wanted to learn about the human experience and how that connected with reality. 
Now at university, she was one of the only female students there. At this time, it was not common for girls to go off to university, and yet Edith went to learn more. She had this voracious hunger for truth. While she was at university studying psychology and human experience, she began reading the work of a man named Edmund Husserl. Now, Husserl was a philosopher who would one day be known as the father of phenomenology. He's a, a famous philosopher who started a school of philosophy called phenomenology. And basically, phenomenology is the study of structures of consciousness. The study of structures of consciousness, especially as they are experienced from the first person point of view. What this philosophy does is it studies all the phenomena that humans experience in the world and tries to make sense of that. Now, again, this isn't a show on philosophy, so I'm not going to get too much more into it. It can get very confusing and complicated. And to be honest, it's way over my head. So we're not going to talk much more about that. But Edith was captivated by this new philosophy. She became very interested in phenomenology, and she even went so far as to become a personal student of Husserl himself. Now, while she was at university studying and learning all this stuff about philosophy and human experience and consciousness, she also began to interact with Christianity. It was here at university that she first was introduced to Christian thought. She began reading certain uh, Christian philosophers, learning more about Christianity, and she didn't convert at this point, but she was learning about it. She was interacting with it. She was also having personal experiences with Christians. Her intellectual knowledge of Christianity was being mixed with experience of real-life Christians. One day, one day while she was in Frankfurt, she was shopping and kind of acting more as a tourist, and she went into an old cathedral because she wanted to see the beautiful building, the architecture, the stained glass. Again, she was approaching it from the lens of a tourist. And while she was in the church, she saw a regular common woman coming in off the street with her shopping bags on her arm. She had just been doing shopping for her family, and she stepped into the church and knelt in prayer. And this image of this common everyday woman coming in from the outside world into the church as a sanctuary to pray and experience God in a personal way really moved Edith. She later wrote about this experience and she said, in the synagogues and Protestant churches I had visited, people simply went to the service. Here, however, I saw someone coming straight from the busy marketplace into this empty church, as if she was going to have an intimate conversation. It was something I never forgot. Edith saw this woman having this personal, intimate conversation with God, almost as if God was a friend. And this moved Edith, and it got her to question even more what Christianity was all about. Now, unfortunately, her studies were cut short. Her time at university was cut short because of the onset of World War I. World War I was tearing through Europe, leaving many dead and wounded in its wake. And so re to respond to this crisis, Edith left school and she became a nurse with the Red Cross at an infectious disease hospital to help care for some of the victims of this war. 
Now, during this war, one of Edith's friends, who was a Protestant man, had died. He had been killed in the war, and so Edith went to go and visit his widow to try and offer some comfort and consolation in the face of her husband's death. And this was another experience where Edith saw Christianity being lived out, and it attracted her. She was so surprised when she went to visit the Christian widow of this man who had died, that this woman, even in the face of such terrible loss and pain, was sustained by her faith. And Edith later wrote about this experience as well. She said, this was my first encounter with the cross and the divine power that it imparts to those who bear it. It was the moment when my unbelief collapsed and Christ began to shine his light on me. So Edith was going to this house expecting to find this widow in a mess, unable to cope with life, unable to cope with the loss. But instead, she found that this woman's faith in the cross of Jesus, that Jesus's cross provided an answer to the suffering and death we found in this world, sustained her through it all. And Edith was amazed by this. And she said this was a real turning moment in her life when Christ's revelation, when his light began to shine into her soul through seeing the lived out faith of this grieving widow. Now, after the war was over, Edith returned to school and she finished her education. She actually wrote her dissertation on the subject of human empathy considered from a phenomenological perspective. So again, we can see even from the title of her dissertation that Edith was a brilliant woman and she received her doctorate in philosophy and she got that summa cum laude which meant she got it with the highest honors possible to receive a doctorate in. Now we can obviously look and see that she was obviously intelligent but despite her brilliance she was refused to qualify for a teaching office primarily because she was a woman. She was denied a teaching office, even though she had attained this doctorate with such high honors because she was a woman. And this was part of the culture at the time that Edith had to struggle with. There was sexism inherent in the system and she had to overcome it. But as a result of this, she took some time away from studies, some time away from work to reflect on where she was going to go with the rest of her life. And while she was on this vacation, she spent some time with other Christian friends that she had. Now remember, she's still Jewish at this point. She's not Christian, uh, still an atheist in her heart, but Jewish by descent, Jewish by her upbringing, and Jewish in a lot of her ways of thinking. But one night while she was staying with her Christian friends, she couldn't sleep. And so she started to read an autobiography of St. Teresa of Avila that she found in their house. St. Teresa of Avila was this Spanish nun who wrote deep insights on the spiritual life and prayer. And so she found this autobiography of St. Teresa of Avila, and she read the entire thing in one night. She just devoured the book. She was so enthralled by what she was reading. And she later said, when I had finished the book, I said to myself, this is the truth. She saw the truth in the life of St. Teresa of Avila. And this is a theme for the life of St. Edith. In her conversion from Judaism to Christianity, 
Yes, there was the intellectual pursuit of truth that she was looking at. For sure, going off to university, reading books, experiencing Christian philosophy. But a lot of the big moments in her conversion happened from personal experience, seeing the life of Christianity lived out, seeing the shopping woman kneeling in the church and having an intimate conversation with God, seeing the unshakable joy and faith in a Christian woman who had just lost her husband in war, seeing the truth of Christianity lived out in the life of St. Teresa of Avila. And all of this had such an effect that she decided right then and there that she was going to become a Catholic. And very soon after, she went to a priest, told him that she wanted to be baptized, and he was a little bit reticent at first because she had so recently gone through this conversion. He thought she needed further catechesis, she needed more information, more time to think about this. But Edith, who was a force to be reckoned with, she just challenged the priest and said, test me. Test me of my knowledge of Christianity. And he was amazed by how much she had learned. Again, amazed by the intelligence and the resolve of this woman. So Edith was baptized soon after. She became a Catholic. She entered into the church. And immediately after her conversion, Edith wanted to become a Carmelite nun. She wanted to go to the extreme of holiness right away. She wanted to become a nun immediately after being baptized. But her spiritual directors advised against it. Again, because she had so recently converted, they said, it's not wise for you to go to a convent right now. Spend some time living out the ordinary life of a Catholic, and then maybe if that call is still there, then join the convent afterwards. And so she took their advice, she was obedient, and she went to work as a teacher at a Catholic school. Now, during this time in Edith Stein's life in Germany, Adolf Hitler and his Nazi party had begun to grow in power. Now, of course, the Nazis are infamous for their anti-Semitism, for their hatred of the Jewish people. And so in the country, as Edith Stein was teaching, because of the Nazi legislation that was being passed to target Jewish people and people of Jewish descent, Edith Stein was eventually not able to hold her position anymore as a teacher due to the new legislation that was being drafted. Because even though she no longer was Jewish in her faith, she had converted to Catholicism, converts of Judaism were still being persecuted because of their bloodline. And this really troubled Edith, this injustice that she saw being done to her people in the name of Adolf Hitler. And so she actually wrote a letter to the Pope about the troubling things that were happening to her people in her country of Germany. And this is what she wrote. She wrote, as a child of the Jewish people, who by the grace of God for the past 11 years has also been a child of the Catholic Church, I dare to speak to the father of Christianity about that which oppresses millions of Germans. She says, isn't the effort to destroy Jewish blood an abuse of the holiest humanity of our Savior, of the most blessed Virgin and the Apostles? Is this not diametrically opposed to the conduct of our Lord and Savior? Edith recognized the connection that Catholicism had with Judaism, that Jesus was a Jew, that Mary 
was a Jew, that the apostles were Jewish, and that the Nazi effort to destroy the Jewish people was a direct attack on the humanity of Jesus and our shared patrimony that we have with the Jewish people. And she was calling this out for what it was and telling the Pope about it. We can see from this that Edith still had a deep love for her people who were being persecuted so horribly during the World War II era in her country. Now, at this point, because she wasn't able to be a teacher anymore, she once again applied to a Carmelite convent and she was accepted. She was accepted to become a nun with the Carmelite convent. And this news devastated her mother. Her Jewish mother, who had already struggled with the idea of Edith converting, but now the thought of her daughter becoming a nun was too much to bear. And it really caused a rift in their relationship that was very painful for Edith. As Edith boarded the train to the convent, she wrote, I didn't feel any passionate joy because what I had just experienced referring to her argument with her mother was just too terrible. But I did feel a profound peace in the safe haven of God's will. So she really struggled with relations with her family after this point. Her mother never really talked with her again after she became a nun, and it was very painful for her. But she felt confident that she was obeying the will of God, and that's where her peace came from. When she became a nun, she took the new name of Sister Teresa Benedicta of the Cross. And she took the name Teresa after Teresa of Avila, who had prompted her conversion. And she took the name Blessed of the Cross, Benedicta of the Cross, because of Edith's understanding of the necessity of the cross of Jesus. She wrote, I understood the cross as the destiny of God's people, which was beginning to be apparent at the time. Edith knew that the result of being part of the people of God was to suffer persecution, was to bear the cross just as Jesus was. And in this, she was referring both to the Christian people who are called to suffer for the sake of knowing Jesus, but also to the people that God first chose for himself, the Jewish people who were being persecuted in Germany at that time. Now, five years after Sister Teresa Benedicta had become a nun, the infamous night of Kristallnacht happened in Germany. And if you haven't heard of this before, uh, Kristallnacht is German for Night of the Broken Glass. And it was a night where widespread across Germany, thousands of Jewish homes and businesses were ransacked, attacked, and burned by mobs. Jews were attacked, beaten and killed in the streets. They were thrown out of windows. This was all done by mobs who hated Jewish people and the authorities, the police and the government ignored it and allowed it to happen. Now, the prioress of the convent where Sister Teresa was stationed sent her away to the Netherlands, to Holland, to find safety. It wasn't safe for Edith to be in Germany anymore because of her Jewish descent. And so they sent her to the Netherlands to the convent there. And she was also uh, living with her sister Rosa. Edith's sister Rosa had converted to Catholicism as well and worked at the convent. But unfortunately, as we know, the Germans also took over the Netherlands and they spread their anti-Semitic legislation to there as well, began to round up and persecute the Jewish people there as well. And Sister Teresa sensed 
that she would not survive the war. She had the sense that this would happen. And so she began to prepare for the possibility of life in a concentration camp. She began intentionally going without food and enduring cold in the convent in order to prepare herself for life in a concentration camp. She asked her prioress for permission to offer herself to Jesus as a sacrifice for peace. She was really preparing for her death, which she thought was imminent. Now, soon after in the Netherlands, the Dutch Catholic bishops together wrote a letter denouncing the Nazis, denouncing their treatment of the Jews. And they had this letter read from every single Catholic pulpit in the country. Now, as a result of this defiance, the Nazis punished the Catholic Church by rounding up all Jewish converts who had converted to Catholicism in order to retaliate against the Catholic bishops for reading this letter aloud. And so this meant that the Nazis came to the convent where Sister Teresa and her sister Rosa were living, and they took them into custody for being Jews. They came and arrested Sister Teresa while she was in prayer, and as she was arrested and taken away, she said to her sister Rosa, Come, we are going for our people. Now, Sister Teresa, along with her sister and all the other Jewish Christians who had been arrested, were held for a week at a Dutch prisoner camp before they were loaded onto cattle trains to be sent to the infamous death camp of Auschwitz. This was the Nazi concentration camp where thousands and thousands of Jewish people were sent to be killed. When Sister Teresa arrived at the camp, she was selected for immediate execution in the gas chambers. And so they took her away. They had her stripped of all of her clothing. And she was forced with all the other Jewish Christians who had arrived at the camp into the gas chamber where they were pumped with poisonous gas until they died. And this was the way that she died as a martyr for the faith. And the reason that Sister Teresa is regarded as a martyr is because she was killed in retaliation for the church's opposition to the Holocaust. It was because the Catholic bishops denounced the Nazis in such a public way that she was killed along with her people. But she is also considered a martyr amongst Jewish people because she died in union with her people who have been persecuted throughout history by enemies of God who hate his chosen people. And so St. Edith Stein or St. Teresa Benedicta of the Cross, depending on how you call her by the name that she had before she was a nun or the name that she took after becoming a Carmelite nun, is truly a saint that exemplifies holiness, that exemplifies a thirst for truth about God, and exemplifies an understanding of the cross as necessary to become a saint. So let's pray for St. Edith Stein's intercession now together in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. St. Edith, you showed through your life that you had an unquenchable thirst to know the truth about God, that you searched for him both in intellectual studies, but also in the personal encounters of Christians. 
help us to have that same thirst to know God, to follow after him. St. Edith, you showed in your lifetime your refusal to go along with injustice, that you denounced the persecution of the Jewish people. Help us to also respond with Christian virtue to the injustices that we see happening in our world today. And help us to understand the necessity of the cross in the Christian life. That there is no path to heaven without suffering. That we are called to follow in the footsteps of Jesus who first suffered and died for us. And how we are called in whatever capacity to suffer and die for him. St. Edith Stein, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.